0: You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour one on this Thursday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show, and tonight, the NFL Draft. Yes, round one. It'll be fun. It'll be different. Might be the highest-rated draft of all time. What else are we going to watch? You have to give the NFL credit for turning the draft into a big party. Chicago, Philadelphia, Nashville, huge crowds. We were going to have Vegas. That was going to be a great party. Now you have a virtual party. I've never attended a virtual party before. I've heard about those, but we get one tonight. And, you know, if you look at Sunday with ESPN and the last dance about the Bulls in 1990, six million people tuned in. Draft's going to have bigger ratings than that because it is the foot, it is football, and that is the sport, and there's nothing else on When the NFL announced it was not going to delay the draft, I think people had a lot of questions. There were uh, concerns about safety. There were concerns about the uh, technology side of this. It's different than a live sporting event from a safety standpoint, but it is okay to be happy about having a draft tonight. For football fans, the draft is always Christmas in April, so we got a feel-good holiday, and maybe more so than ever coming up tonight. Paulie and I were just talking about the draft and the information. And sometimes you feel like the more information you hear, the less, you know, and I feel like I know less now than I did probably a month ago because, and it's fun, but it's, you're kind of going, okay. You remember that game where the things pop up and you take the hammer and you, you bang them down. Is that whack-a-mole? Yeah. Okay. That's what I feel like this is. It's just like something pops up, whack it down. Something pops up, whack it down. Hey, did you hear that uh, You know, the Dolphins are going to trade for Joe Burrow? Hey, maybe Chase Young doesn't go number two. You know, I'm here and the Redskins could take two. You know, two could go three or 23. Justin Herbert could go here or he could go there. Oh, the offensive tackles. There's so many wide receivers. You start to hear all of this and then all, you go, I, I don't know if I know anything right now. And then I was... You know, uh, corresponding with Chris Sims last night. And Chris Sims, the former NFL uh, quarterback, he works for Pro Football Talk with Mike Florio. And I said, uh, hey, uh, I hear you're down on Tua. And he sends me a text. He says, "Uh, yo, yo, DP, great to hear from you. Tua's good, but not what everyone makes him out to be. They're giving him credit for the Alabama machine, saying he's the reason. Again, he's good, but he's not top 10 good. No way, in my opinion, even without injury concerns. Chris Sims then goes on to say, Bama's offense looked good, still rolled with him, not in there. They didn't hurt for points. They scored a lot of points versus Auburn and Michigan. Burrow and Herbert in another class in my assessment. Hope all is well. And then he follows up. All people have been fed for a year is Tua, Tua, Tua. If Herbert were at Alabama... They would have been unstoppable. I have no idea. Here's Chris Sims, who I trust. By the way, Chris Sims was in the minority saying that he loved Lamar Jackson over all the other quarterbacks when they were coming out. He also said, get rid of Blake Bortles. In fact, he's been pretty rough on Blake Bortles. Uh, But, you know, I, I trust Chris Sims. He does this for a living. And I was starting to buy into, let's take a chance on Tua. If I'm the Dolphins... I don't want to, I don't want to uh, you know, stretch myself here. I, do, I don't want to make a move to make a move. I don't want to take a quarterback to take a quarterback. If you think Tua is great, then take him because he's not for everybody. You know, Three teams reportedly don't even have him on their draft board because of the medical concerns. I get it. But don't take Justin Herbert just because you don't think Tua is going to be great. Take the guy who fits your system. Take the guy you feel like you can ride with for the next four or five years that's what you're doing. You're signing up, and if you're going to take a guy that high, you got to make sure he fits with what you want. The Giants went with Daniel Jones. Could they have got him later? Yes, I believe so. But did he fit with what the style that they want to play? Yes. So far, he has. You know, Kyler Murray going to Arizona. You bring in a unsuccessful college head coach to run your team, but in the system with Kyler Murray, it has worked so far. Baker Mayfield worked first year, didn't work last year. Better work this year. You got to get that quarterback who fits the style that you want to play. When it comes to, you know, Justin Herbert or Tua or Jordan Love, you know, Joe Burrow, uh, Chris Sims compared him to, you know, Peyton Manning. Like he's a Peyton Manning type. I mean, I can see that. I can see the build, you know, maybe not great arm strength, but that ability to do the other things, the intangibles. Okay. I mean, we're heaping praise on these kids. Keep in mind, what have we said about Tua? Uh, it reminds me of Drew Brees. Drew Brees is thrown for 70,000 yards in the NFL. Would he remind you of Drew Brees? Because he's what? Six feet tall and there's injury concerns. Because Drew Brees doesn't have a strong arm. Drew Brees is not a guy who extends a play. Drew Brees doesn't take on defenders. Tua, to, to a fault, does that. He doesn't give up. His coach yesterday, Nick Saban, said, you know, that's one of his faults. He's always trying to make a play. In the NFL, you take your losses. Look at what Brady and, and Peyton Manning would do. If there's a defensive lineman coming after them, they go in the fetal position. Like They're, they're fine with that. There's no extra points for toughness. Although RG3 learned that the hard way. Take your losses. Fall down. Get back up. It's okay. You don't have to be a tough guy here. But Tua is a guy who tries to extend plays. Make a play. You can't do that in the NFL. And that would be a concern. Is he going to have arthritis in that hip? You're talking to you know, a, a walking, talking game of operation right here and myself and all the arthritis that I have in all my surgeries, and I'm just trying to host a damn radio show. He's going to have concerns the rest of his career, the rest of his life. Because of those surgeries. He is. Do you take him? If I'm the Chargers, you roll the dice. <laughs> if you're the Dolphins, do you roll the dice? Now I'm hearing somebody finally is falling in love with Chase Young, aside from the Redskins. I kept saying, okay, here's here's a question I have for you. If you can have Tua and he's an all pro quarterback for two years, or I can give you Chase Young and he's an all pro for ten years, who you take. It's a no brainer. Chase Young, if he is as good as advertised, he's going to give you at least 10 sacks a year. He plays an important position, and I don't have to worry about that side of the field. I don't know about Tua, and I don't know about Justin Herbert. I just don't know. Jordan Love, I don't know. Chase Young, I know. But it feels like these teams are going to go, hey, we need a tackle. We we need a defensive back. Is Chase Young a Hall of Famer? Are we going to look back in 10 years and go, man, that remember that guy, uh, Dan Patrick? He kept saying, why aren't people going all, out, all in after Chase Young? If Chase Young is anywhere near what the Boses are, and you could make a case, if the Niners had won the Super Bowl, Bosa was going to be the MVP. If he's in that class, then why aren't teams interested? And maybe they are, maybe they've been holding their cards. Maybe the Falcons are going to go up and get him. But I still look at him and say, I can plug him in, and it feels like my defense got a whole lot better. I don't know about Tua. I don't know if he plays this year. I don't know if Justin Herbert plays this year. We want to get on that rookie quarterback contract. I understand that. But if I, you got to be smart with what you're taking, who you're taking, when you're taking. And that's where these GMs always, it seems like, put themselves in a bad situation. This program brought to you by LegalZoom. They made it easy to set up the right estate plan without leaving your home. Take care of your family today. The right estate plan at LegalZoom.com. Say good morning to our radio and TV partners. You can watch the program on YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Uh, Fox Sports Radio lineup. Uh, numbering 362 radio affiliates around the country. Giants running back Saquon Barkley in a few minutes. We will talk to Chase Young next hour. Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network will be working the draft tonight. He will give us his final mock draft. We'll hear from Gronk, who talks about his comeback here. Baseball gets around to slapping the Red Sox on the wrist. It wasn't even a spanking. It was a slap. So oh, uh, we'll uh, delve into that a little bit later
1: on. Yes, Pauling? So you said, which would you rather have, a, a really good quarterback or a great, great defensive end rush linebacker? Yeah, 10-time All-Pro. So let's say I went back in history, and you can go back to the 2011 draft. If you were the Carolina Panthers, would you still take Cam Newton, or would you take Von Miller or J.J. Watt? If you can redo it now, knowing what you know if you're the Carolina Panthers, Cam Newton's had a hell of a nice career. It's not finishing that well, obviously. But you got eight really good years out of them. If you could go back and you're the Carolina Panthers, do you go to Von Miller, J.J. Watt, or stick with Cam Newton?
0: Well, Cam got you to a Super Bowl, and he was a special player. He's an MVP. That that's different than I mean, Vince I guess, Young went to the Pro Bowl twice. I guess what I'm saying is that's what the high end for Tua would be a Cam Newton type career. But I don't had I didn't have concerns about Cam the way I do Tua. Cam is six five, and and he was he was rush for what 60 touchdowns. Uh, I have concerns about Tua with his size. I also have, you know, issues obviously with the injuries. There's there's a lot more questions attached to Tua. Yes, McLovin.
2: But all the tall guys are the ones who get hurt. Cam, Andrew Luck, Carson Wentz. It's not the short guys. The short guys have been okay actually.
0: Well, I will say this with Andrew Luck and I shouted from the treetops you, you invest $100 million in your quarterback and you invest 50 cents in your offensive line. That, to me, is pretty idiotic. So maybe that's why Andrew Luck might have gotten hurt. Felt like when he had a good offensive line, he played pretty well. Yes, McLovin. But all those big quarterbacks take on contact. Carson Wentz still does it, like, every game. Well, the way he plays, I have a problem with. But Luck was just as bad. Yes, I, I have a problem with that. I do. Cam invited contact. Ben invites contact. At that position, you're going to get hit. But you got to be smart. When when you put yourself out there, you you know, be smart, don't take on a defender. And these guys sometimes feel like you get, you know, points for toughness and you don't. But if you Andrew Luck, if he was better protected, would still be playing. If Carson Wentz didn't act like he was at North Dakota State taking on, you know, some small defensive back, You know, we wouldn't be talking about his injury issues. You know, what he did against the Rams, slide, slide, simple, smart. And Cam, that's how Cam plays. Now, you're not going to change him. And I would have taken that if I'm Carolina and I got that Cam Newton for that amount of time, I would take him over J.J. Watt and Von Miller. I would, because I think he was a difference maker and he got them to a Super Bowl. Granted, it was Von Miller who ruined his evening that night in the Super Bowl. But, yes, McLovin.
2: Can you say some positive things about Tua? What's the positive case? Because it felt pretty negative there for a minute. I know you like him, too.
0: Well, that's Chris Sims. That's Chris Sims' opinion. You know, uh, um, this isn't what I do for a living. I gather the information, but these are guys who break down tape. I'm not breaking down tape. What I'm doing is asking the people who will be breaking down tape or making these decisions. And you know, the two sources I've spoken to this entire offseason about these draft picks, potential draft picks, these quarterbacks, you know, they're giving me something that's unfiltered. It just here here it is. Use it if you want to. You don't, you know, obviously we we don't want to be attached to it, but we do this because we watch the show. Okay. But I, I don't have anything against Tua. What did I say when we met him in person? Loved him. Loved him. I'd love for him to be the face of my franchise. But I, I'm a businessman. I, I can't let my my emotions get involved in this. I have to look at this and go, I love him, but. And, and that's a big concern. He's not a big kid. Kyler Murray, might be him and Lamar Jackson are two of the fastest guys in the NFL. And even then they ran for their lives last year. So now I'm going to put Tua in there, who's nowhere near their athleticism. Nowhere near. And you're going to say he's going to be Drew Brees? Okay, so he's going to stay in the pocket. Great. Throws the ball really well. Great. What happens when he gets in his own way and tries to extend a play? All right? Not a big guy. You know he's got the ankle issues. You know he's got the hip issue. It just feels like that's disaster waiting to happen, unfortunately. Yeah, McLovin.
2: What other criticism of Tua is he had great receivers, but Joe Burrow has insane receivers. Jamar Chase might be a top three pick next year. And Justin Jefferson's really hot. So why is that uh,
0: argument valid for one QB and not the other? I brought it up. I brought it up. Absolutely. I said the same thing. Wait, Joe Burrow gets credit for the greatest college football season of all time, but doesn't get any blame for the previous season where he was just sort of average. And I know, you know, they brought in Joe Brady. They changed the offense. They opened it up. But yeah, I've, you know, criticized that portion of Joe Burrow. But to a... Tua is not the Alabama machine. You know, is he a wonderful player there? Absolutely. Did he have great talent? You know, he's got he's got two wide receivers and an offensive lineman who are going to go probably in the top fifteen, maybe top twenty at the latest. That's pretty impressive there. So he did have talent, so did Joe Burrow. How if I put Justin Herbert on Alabama? Alabama different? Better? But if I put Jordan Love there and I put, if, if Tua was at Utah State, would we be talking about Tua Tonga-Vailoa the way we have? And the answer is no, we would not. We saw him in the big stage. He came in for Jalen Hurts, and we all of a sudden said, oh, my God. He's that good that he replaced the starting quarterback in the national title game. We all fell in love with the story. Oh, you got to tank for Tua. If Tua played at Utah State and Jordan Love played at Alabama, would we be fawning all over Jordan Love? And the answer is, yes, we probably would be. All right, we'll come up with a poll question here. Tom in Ohio joins us. Saquon Barkley will uh, stop by in a, in a moment. Hey Tom.
3: Hey Dan. How are you this morning?
0: I'm good. I'm good, Tom. Good.
3: Um 511175. I have. Uh, I've always heard you talk about uh, teams and owners and, and coaches falling in love with players. I, I think I have a inside uh, scoop for you. I got a friend of a friend uh, who knows Jimmy Haslam well. Yeah. And Daniel Snyder and Jimmy Haslam. I know they're not general managers, but they've been talking very seriously about the love affair that. Daniel Snyder has with Odell Beckham Jr. And Jimmy Haslam has that same type love for Chase Young. And they're within one draft pick of making that move.
0: All right. Tom in Ohio is saying the Browns and the Redskins are close to pulling off a trade. And this is sources close to a source... That's close to your source, is that what you're saying, Tom? That's what I'm saying. okay. all right, uh, call back in tomorrow. You can take a victory lap if that uh, happens later on today or tonight, Tom.
3: Do I get a drum roll too?
0: Drum roll. If you hit yeah. it, hell yes yeah i'm gonna Great. i'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna have you on the show and I'm gonna give you a i'm gonna give you i'm I'll make you a danette for a day. <laughs> if it comes wow. through, I will make you. Once we're out of the quarantine, and you pick the Danette you want to replace, they're all replaceable, ah. but uh, you pick the Danette you want to replace, you're a Danette for a day if the Redskins and Browns pull off a deal sending Chase Young, the number two pick, to the Browns with Odell Beckham involved in this as well.
3: Fantastic. But the only Danette that you have that's not replaceable is Fritzy, and you know that. You can't be the deal <laughs> without
0: him. Oh, let's try. Thank you, Tom. That's Tom in Ohio with a scoop. You should let Glazer know. You should let Ian Rappaport know. Shefty. Yeah, Paulie. You know, inside
1: Tommy may have a point because Washington is notorious for passing on good players and trading for (laughs) headaches that are expensive.
0: Oh, would that be great if that happened? Yes, McLevin. I so hope that guy is right. How great would that be? Tom in Ohio. We'll keep an eye on that, Tom. He'll get breaking news drum roll. Absolutely. Make him a Danette for a day. All right, Saquon Barkley will join us coming up. There's talk that the Giants are now willing to trade. Hi, once again. I don't know if any of this matters. It's fun to talk about, and I do have three hours to fill, but I I try to give you some pertinent information you could take into tonight's draft. But, uh, yeah, I know. I'm trying. I'm trying. 20 after the hour, we'll hear from Chase Young. Maybe we'll break the news to Chase that he is going to stay in Ohio. He's just gone up north. To play for the Cleveland Browns. Um, so then they would have Miles Garrett and Chase Young. Wow. That'd be scary. Right, McLovin?
2: I actually like it. I mean, <laughs> Tom in Ohio. Did he say a neighbor? I don't even know how he got this It's the somebody
0: who knows Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Browns. I, I, I don't know. I don't know who his source is. You know, he wasn't going to tell me. Not sure. Um, and, you know, you don't have to reveal your sources. Twenty after the hour. Back after this on the Dan Patrick Show. Had the Traeger fired up yesterday. It's so simple, you know. You just go out, and you set it, you forget it, and uh, you know during these times with uh, you know the COVID nineteen, nobody can come over. But you know, I have a neighbor behind me, so when the wind blows, then uh, you know John is always going, "What are you? What are you? What are you making?" And I quarantine. John can't come over. But he always wants to know what I what I'm having. Yeah, Seaton. I just got a big delivery of wings, actually. So I think Whoa. I don't know if I'm going to do them tomorrow or this weekend. Mm. But they're kind of like they're the wings that are still attached. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, like a full, the full, like setup. a full, oh, oh. a full,
0: oh, yeah, full wingspan. A full wingspan. There. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty stoked about that. We're having wings tomorrow on the Traeger. Mm? I just ordered that. You can, you can follow suit. They have all these recipes. There's so many great things from April 17th until the 26th. Get a Traeger Grill. You get a grill cover, two bags of pellets for free. That's a savings of about $120. Go to traegergrills.com slash dpshow or a participating dealer to get yours today. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Play of the day, stat of the day, poll question, all of that coming up. Saquon Barkley, the Giants running back, will join us as well. McLevin, what kind of poll question do you have for me today?
2: Okay, I actually put up, would you rather have a 10-time Pro Bowler in Chase Young or a two-time Pro Bowler in Tua? Just to see what people say. Mm. You actually convinced me hard on Chase Young, so I don't know if that's fair. But these are more questions for you as well as poll questions, starting with who goes number three. Do you have any idea? <laughs> Jeff Akuda, no. Jedrick Wills, Tristan Wirth, Justin Herbert, other. Is there any kind of consensus that makes sense?
0: Feels like if the Lions stay at three, they take the defensive back out of Ohio State, Jeff Okuda. If uh, somebody jumps up, are they jumping up to take a tackle? I don't know if there's a consensus great tackle in this draft. Plus, we've seen some of these teams who have used a high draft pick on a tackle in recent years. They've been bust. Now, you've had some that have been successful, but you would expect that. But that's one of those safe picks, like you get a tackle. Like, he's supposed to be part of the foundation of your line for, you know, 10 years. But McLevin, there's been quite a few of these tackles taken that have turned out to be, you know, bust. Well, if you point out, guys who come out of spread who play tackle like uh, Luke
2: Jokel, Texas A&M, Eric Fisher, uh, you don't know, um, but there's been good ones like Ronnie Stanley in Baltimore, I believe. Um, Jack Conklin, Mike McGlinchey. Uh last year Jonah Williams out of Alabama went to the Bengals and did not play, but it's been a little dicey. Guards have been better. You loved what's uh, Quentin Nelson. Oh. That was the one guy that oh. everybody was all over.
0: Yeah. When, you know, we're leading up to the draft, and then, you know, I talked to a source and he goes, you know, the nastiest guy, the best player in this draft. And then, you know, he's telling me this offensive lineman out of Notre Dame, and I go, Well, why why aren't teams taking Quentin Nelson? He go, Because he's a guard. I said, you're going to plug him in for 10 years. Quentin Nelson could be a hall of famer. Like, I don't know. I don't understand it. I don't, you know, when teams go, I'm going to take a guy here or not take a guy here. You can't take a tackle. Number one. Like it's just the whole philosophies are crazy. Yes. McLovin.
2: So who's this year's Quentin Nelson for you? Is that chase young as the guy who seems like really the safest potential
0: big star? I, Chase Young's got he's got more momentum, you know, than Quentin Nelson does. This was just the scouts who looked at Quentin Nelson and said, That that guy's nasty, man. He's great. Chase Young, he's he was a Heisman trophy finalist. Let's bring in Saquon Barkley who joins us on loan from the New York Giants. Saquon, good to talk to you again. How are you? I'm doing great. How you doing? Where are you right now? I am in New Jersey, in the home of New Jersey right now. Do you have a backyard to work out in? Have a
4: backyard, have a gym uh, set up downstairs. I've uh, been trying to stay in shape.
0: And then, is somebody there to help work you out? Like, what what do you do to stay in shape? What would you normally be doing, and can you do that at home? Um, yeah, I've
4: been I've been very fortunate enough um to, to be able to do uh, exactly what I would be doing, which would be going to the facility um and working out and, and doing the workouts there. The only thing I can't do uh, is go to the facility. Um, I have a lot of equipment. Um, uh, downstairs in my in our basement, so um, for, for me to be able to you know to do the workouts and uh, my teammate Grant Harry me and him kind of just been going through uh, you know my training workout from from, uh, from uh, Nike and also uh, the the workouts the workout to Giants sent
0: Do you know what the Giants are going to do with their pick in the first round?
4: No, you you know this is not a guy there.
0: <laughs> Wait, this could be an offensive tackle. You have to know more than I do, Saquon.
4: Uh, um, the way I look at it is, you know, I just try to come from the work every single day uh, right now, which is virtually, um, and, you know, just try to prepare myself as best as I can. And, um, you know, I just want a, a teammate who's going to come in and, you know, kind of have the same mindset. He's ready to work and I want to help the team in games.
0: Yeah, but, okay, let me make you the GM just for the moment. Who who would you like to bring in? Like, what position would you like to have?
4: I um, mean, uh, I guess I could be completely honest, and, and I'm not just if I was a GM. Um, you know, obviously, you go for your, your team needs. Uh, you, but, well, you need uh, line the the day, help. You,
0: know, I, you need a tackle. You
4: know,
5: yeah,
0: yeah right. Um, I, I
4: would, I would, I would say you know there's a lot we need a lot we need a lot of positions. To help
5: the
4: game. Um, it's not it's not there's only one position you know that's going to help us uh, turn around. Uh, it's going to be a whole drive, and um, you know I, I know the BG uh, and all them guys uh, put a lot of work in, and um, the decisions that they do make uh, are going to be a lot of decisions.
0: Oh, you're saying all the right things. They don't need a quarterback and they don't need a running back with the Giants, <laughs> but they they could use some help elsewhere. What did you think when you saw Christian McCaffrey get paid?
4: I I was happy. Um happy. And I know people think happy than myself, but no, I have I have a good relationship with Christian. Um he's a heck of a player. Um respect you know, respect respect a lot of him. Um a uh, thousand yards and rushing a thousand yards receiving the third player to ever do that. Um so for him to become the highest paid running back, um, you know, it, it, it's is truly amazing and I'm truly respecting.
0: Yeah, but you're also saying uh that's where my negotiations start, right? Um. No, nah, not really,
4: because I mean, this is how I just operate with with a lot of things, whether it's um, negotiations, contract, money, awards, anything. Uh, I'm a big believer. That you got to take care of real things first. So if I come to work every single day, I'm gonna try to be the best team I can be and, and you know best player and the best version myself. Um, and you know take care of the real stuff. Uh, all the big things gonna you know, take care. of
0: So yeah. Well. Once again, once you're uh, negotiating your contract, you're going to say, let's start with what Christian is making, and then we'll add on to that. That's what I'm going to guess. You know, I can handle this for you if you want me to. I agree. Yeah. Uh, you, you, it'll be good cop, bad cop. You'll be the good cop. Everybody loves you. Great personality. Good teammate. I'll be the bad guy, and I'll go in there and say, we start at that number. We start where Christian McCaffrey left off. And then you know the S in Saquon is going to be a dollar sign when I'm done with it. What do you think?
4: Um, um <laughs> you know, uh, I appreciate I appreciate that. You know, but I think I think I got a great team in place right now. Okay, yeah, all right,
0: that's fine. Uh, that's fine. Did you? When did you okay. know? Okay, that's all I do is give Saquon. Uh, when did you know the Giants were going to take you with that number two overall pick?
4: And um, the Cleveland band said uh uh Roger the Bell went up there and said the Cleveland Ball just let them take a make sure um within a couple of seconds.
0: That's when uh, you knew. I remember. Yep. Wow. I would have thought that they told you prior to that. Were they were they concerned you couldn't keep a secret or something? don't um,
4: no. I mean to be completely honest, um I to be honest, uh I was still within the works of being uh, the number one draft pick. Uh, I know the conversations between Baker, uh, Sam, myself. Uh, so I, I was waiting my family. I, was, I didn't know if it was going to be Cleveland, uh, if it was going to be New York, or who it was going to be. So um, me and my family were kind of just waiting for the final ring and I uh, found for that opportunity to come. And, um, you know, my family and myself saw uh, the phone ring all the jersey number. Um, and to be able to come back to where I was born and um, be able to play and live power and and change away from where my mom and dad, uh, the house I brought them to, that so and definitely, definitely, you know, we couldn't write it up any better than that.
0: Wait, you you thought the Browns were going to take you perhaps number one overall? I guess.
4: I, I mean, that was one mark uh, you know I was going in with. You don't know where you can go. I felt like I did everything that. But did they tell you that they
0: were going to take you number one? Did they tell you that they? Were no, no. Oh, okay. All right. Should they have taken you? Should the Browns have taken you number one overall, Saquon? Um, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy on that. Right I'm happy in New
4: York. Um, you know, I wouldn't really change. I wouldn't really change anything for the world. And obviously, I know the last two seasons I've been uh the way we were really like our team, but. Um, you know, I, I want to be one the, the key factors, along with my teammates, um, to, to help New York and help the Giants get back to uh, the franchise that I know that we are.
0: Saquon Barkley, that's S with the dollar sign, the Giants running back, joining us on behalf of uh, FedEx.com slash coronavirus. Uh, let the audience know uh, what you're doing, how they can get involved.
4: Yeah, well, first, I want to a huge Having helping spread COVID 19. Um, and today I'm here with, uh, on the behalf of FedEx, um, you know, uh, who's having a major role in a fight against COVID 19. Um, they were working on a platform to deliver critical medical supplies uh, to the healthcare company, our community, uh, delivering over 3 million miles, uh, over a million of pieces of protective equipment, which is um, in need right now. And uh, sort the of frontline workers with the uh, relief. Um, and to keep up the date, to date with the FedEx relief efforts, visit federalrelief.gov.
0: Good to talk to you. Be safe and uh, enjoy the draft tonight.
4: Thank you. Always
0: fun. Always a pleasure. That's uh, Saquon Barkley, Giants running back. All right, we got our play of the day coming up. We got a couple of stats of the day as well to bring to your attention. Chase Young will join us coming up next hour, and Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network. We'll hear from Rod Grunkowski and. About, you know, Rob talked about if he had come back, I mean, he was open to maybe coming back and he had been with Brady in February. And I don't know if just Gronk was at his house in New England, uh, but, you know, they they met in person. And I think at the time, that's when he felt like, you know what, maybe there's something else here. And Gronk said, even if Tom had went had gone back to New England, that he would have considered going back to New England. I have a hard time believing that. Now, I know Gronk's attached to Tom wherever Tom's going to be, but at that moment, Gronk had to know in February what Tom's plans were. he had put his house up for – like all of these things that had been in place for a couple of months there, Gronk had to know. Maybe Gronk is just playing nice with New England. Here's what he had to say about the possibility – let me see. Um, Let me see. Two months ago, it's a long uh, answer here, uh, where he talks about uh, hinting to Tom Brady about coming back.
5: We actually got together about two months ago, and uh, he we we rarely talked about what his decision was going to be, what where I'm at. Uh, but we did talk about uh, for one second. I told him that uh, I we talked just real quick, like hey, like uh, you know, it's kind of kind of getting that fire underneath me again. I told him, and I, I said. Uh, I said, uh, I'm definitely interested in, in your decision that you make. I mean, I didn't put any pressure on him. I said, but uh, if, if there's a the right opportunity uh, out there and uh, and you you go somewhere and the opportunity is right, uh, even if you go back to the Patriots and I feel like the opportunity is right, uh, there's, a, there's a possible chance that uh, I will definitely love to reconnect. Uh, and that's where the conversation started a little bit. Uh, and he was all fired up and juiced up about it. <laughs> so uh, that was something uh, pretty cool at the moment. And uh, and in the end, it just it happened over time, which is, which is pretty neat.
0: But he couldn't have gone back to New England because of the salary cap issue. Even if he wanted to, that I mean, that's the reason why he said he had leverage with the Patriots this time around, saying, hey, I'd like to come back and play. And they're like, you know, that's $9 million. They have no room under the salary cap right now. And it was, all right, we're going to trade you and get something for nothing, and you get a fourth-round draft pick for Rob Gronkowski. Both sides win in a situation. But I I can't imagine him going back to New England. Cannot. Yeah, Paul.
1: You know Tom got that piece of information two months ago and just put it in his back pocket. Didn't tell anybody. Didn't let it. You know, that's one where you don't want to know. Anyone know that the guy's interested.
0: Well, I'm going to... I'd love to know if when Tom talked to Bruce Arians that night that he went in and told Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick, did he tell him before or after that conversation, hey, by the way, I'm coming and I'm bringing Gronk with me. He wants to come back and, you know, we'll make a trade for Rob Gronkowski. And maybe it didn't happen at that time, but I have to believe if Tom is all, Tom was selling Tom to the Buccaneers. It wasn't the other way around. Tom was... Because Tom didn't have many options here. Let's be honest. I know that Jeff Darlington said there were eight teams interested. You know, we can say eight teams. You know, did the 49ers go, would we take Tom Brady? I don't know. Let's talk about it a little bit. No, we like who we have. The Colts didn't consider it. The Raiders didn't consider it. Chargers, I guess. But Tom didn't want to go to the West Coast. So... Tom was selling himself to the Buccaneers because he wanted to make sure that he had a team that was going to sign him. As crazy as that's going to sound, all these teams were interested, but nobody was really that interested. Tampa was. But I think Tom sold himself and probably said, hey, and I can bring Gronk. He may have said, we'll get Edelman too. Who knows? But Gronk headed to Tampa, and I was surprised that Vegas went from the sixth best odds to win the Super Bowl – for Tampa to be the fourth best odds. Man, that makes me nervous. Play of the day coming up next, and it has to do with Shaquille O'Neal. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR. Or stream us live every day at youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show. We had Nick Saban on yesterday and he left us a little bit dumbfounded, which is not out of the uh, norm, but he said that he um, has never texted before or emailed before he receives, but he doesn't give. He calls. Here is the Alabama head coach yesterday. It was reported that you learned how to text and email during the quarantine. Can you confirm or deny?
4: Well, I receive emails. Um, I'm not much of a texture. I receive text. So the the big news was is I now have an email, and I receive emails. But
0: <laughs> Have there, you sent there. an email on your own? No, I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> and then te- who texts you?
4: Oh, all kind of people text me. But, oh, okay. You know, if I need to respond, I just call them.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what we used to do. I tell my kids that. I say, why don't you just call me? Like, you know, not everything has to... If I text them, they'll respond. If I call them, they don't answer. I, I've been through the same program. Well, mine's not a program. It's my family, so it's a little different. But uh, I, I'm capable of texting and emailing. Yeah, Paul. Do you guys
1: believe that Nick Saban has never sent out on his own typing... An email or a text? Because that's what he told us yesterday. He made it sound like if he has to respond, it's either a phone call or someone does it on his behalf.
0: I would say the email, somebody handles that. I'm going to guess he's text before. I'm going to guess that he sent a text. Yes, Fritzi.
2: I got the impression that he does not know how to send emails. It's le- it's more that than feeling that he could be more personal and have a phone conversation instead of communicating electronically. back.
0: Then. Yeah, but do you believe he's never sent an email? Yes. Do you believe he's I think, never I
2: think someone does it for him if he wants to send an email.
0: Do you believe that he has never texted before?
2: I think he's texted maybe a couple of times before but not a significant amount. That he would prefer to have a phone conversation, but he's still learning how to actually send electronic messages.
0: It's not, it's yeah, but it's not that difficult. <laughs> I mean, an email is not that difficult. To to if somebody sends you something and then you just hit reply, type it in, send. That's pretty easy.
2: He's very busy. He doesn't have time to play with the whole reply, reply all, and all the different options. Yes, McLovin. I know somebody who you send like a 12-paragraph heartfelt text to and just responds back with one word, K. Yeah. That well, that's that's not even you. a word.
0: It's a letter. <laughs> that's you. Yeah, I can't even give you a, a word. Yeah, Paul.
1: Yeah, but Dan, about two years ago, you graduated to emojis. Like you were one of the... Oh, yeah. And that was very disturbing for me. But, okay, is Nick Saban being totally serious and legitimate, or is he kind of making a statement of, this technology stuff, it's nothing but a pain in the ass and downplaying his usage mm. of it. Either he, he doesn't do it at all, which is what he said,
0: or he's bothered by all of it. Well, the first thing I thought when I heard him say it is, does Belichick text? Does he email? Because it feels like if Belichick is going to text you or email you, since they're good friends, are you then emailing or texting back to Bill Belichick? Or do you go, oh, Bill, I didn't I don't. I don't do this. And by the way, they do sound similar. Uh, I'm. I i do not text. I. I don't need a email. Yeah, Seaton. Coaches of that level only uh, correspond via handwritten letter. <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time you wrote a letter? Wow. Been a long t- Right, long time. Like a, a true letter. It's a solid move, though. It's a good move, but you have to use it at the right occasions. Okay, but what's the right occasion? Uh, like when you want like when the, your message is very serious, and you want to get that across to somebody. But you can't just be like, "Hey, what's up? Uh, how you guys doing? Uh, hope you had a good holiday. Talk to you soon." Well, nobody wants to read that crap. That's why That's- I just look for some serious emojis, and then I can just send those out. So then it looks like it's really personal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, point.
1: Any handwritten letter more than one page automatically becomes a manifesto and it's a negative thing on you. If you write more than like three Fair. paragraphs with yeah, a pen yeah, and paper, yeah, yeah. You, you have problems.
0: <laughs> well, I will admit when I get letters here to the studio and when I see that the, the envelope is packed. How <laughs> yeah, thick it is. Yeah, really, yeah, yeah and then I go, Oh, this can't be good. And I always read from the bottom up. So I start at the end of the letter to see if I need to read the entire letter. And if it's signed I will find you.
1: Steve, you don't read the first. answer. You just (laughs) hand it to authorities.
0: Or it's somebody who has a number, long number attached to their name. You know, you just (laughs) want to make sure that, you know, if it's an inmate number, you know, just want to know what you're writing, what you're asking for. Yes, McLevin.
2: If there's white powder on it, you grab Tyler.
0: and Say, Tyler, open this
2: envelope.
0: (laughs) It's not encourage anything like that, McLevin. But... uh, yeah, we get mail. In fact, I got some mail to open up. I got a, a surprise gift for all the Danettes who are in the studio uh. today. Oh, sorry, guys. Sorry for seeing McLeod. McLevin. Next week. Next week. I, look, I, there's only – Paulie won't go home. I said, Paulie, you can do the show <laughs> from home. He goes, no. Nope. I didn't ask him to come in. Like I said to you guys, if you want to come in, you can. If you want to do it at home, I certainly understand it. Well, if he goes home, he won't be able to uh, hold this all over our heads for the rest of eternity. Oh, of course. Yeah, I'm the only one that showed up, actually. So, uh, of course. I don't know what you guys are talking it's about. I'm the only one that actually showed up. It's a long game, Satan. And just because I'm we, it. Well played. we had pasta yesterday made for us. We got wings tomorrow. Uh, Brian Cranston set in some of his mezcal. I oh, wish you guys were here. I wish you guys were here. Chase Young, the former Ohio State defensive end, will join us coming up. And Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network on his latest mock draft. Coming up. One more item in the first hour, and it's simply safe home security.